Section 77 of The Poems of Jonathan Swift, Volume 1, by Jonathan Swift. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Ladies' Dressing Room, 1730. Five hours, and who can do it less in, by haughty Celia spent in dressing? The goddess from her chamber issues, arrayed in lace, brocades, and tissues. Strephon, who found the room was void, and Betty otherwise employed, stole in and took a strict survey of all the litter as it lay. Whereof, to make the matter clear, an inventory follows here. And first a dirty smock appeared, beneath the armpits well besmeared. Strephon, the rogue, displayed it wide, and turned it round on every side. On such a point few words are best, and Strephon bids us guess the rest but swears how damnably the men lie in calling Celia sweet and clanly. Now listen while he next produces the various combs for various uses. Filled up with dirt so closely fixed, no brush could force a way betwixt. A paste of composition rare, sweat, dandruff, powder, lead, and hair. A forehead cloth with oil upon to smooth the wrinkles on her front. Here alum flower to stop the steams, exhaled from sour unsavory streams. Their night-gloves made of Tripsy's hide, bequeathed by Tripsy when she died, with puppy-water beauty's help, distilled from Tripsy's darling whelp. Here gallipots and vials placed, some filled with washes, some with paste, some with pomatums, paints, and slops, and ointments good for scabby chops. Hard by a filthy basin stands, fouled with the scouring of her hands. The basin takes whatever comes, the scrapings from her teeth and gums a nasty compound of all hues, for here she spits and here she spews. But oh, it turned poor Strephon's bowels when he beheld and smelt the towels, begummed, be-mattered, and be-slimed, with dirt and sweat and earwax grimed. No object Strephon's eye escapes, here petticoats in frowsy hapes, nor be the handkerchiefs forgot, all varnished o'er with snuff and snot. The stockings, why should I expose, stained with the moisture of her toes, or greasy coifs and pinners reeking, which Celia slept at least a week in. A pair of tweezers next he found, to pluck her brows in arches round, or hairs that sink the forehead low, or on her chin like bristles grow. The virtues we must not let pass of Celia's magnifying glass. When frighted Strephon cast his eye on't, it showed the visage of a giant. A glass that can to sight disclose the smallest worm in Celia's nose, and faithfully direct her nail to squeeze it out from head to tail, for catch it nicely by the head, it must come out alive or dead. Why, Strephon, will you tell the rest, and must you needs describe the chest? That careless wench, no creature warn her to move it out from yonder corner, but leave it standing full in sight for you to exercise your spite. In vain the workman shewed his wit with rings and hinges counterfeit, to make it seem in this disguise a cabinet to vulgar eyes, which Strephon ventured to look in, resolved to go through thick and thin. He lifts the lid, there needs no more, he smelt it all the time before. As from within Pandora's box, when Epimetheus oped the locks, a sudden universal crew of human evils upward flew, he still was comforted to find that hope at last remained behind. So Strephon, lifting up the lid, to view what in the chest was hid, the vapours flew from up the vent, but Strephon cautious never meant, the bottom of the pan to grope, and foul his hands in search of hope. O oh, near may such a vile machine be once in Celia's chamber seen! O oh, may she better learn to keep those secrets of the hoary deep, as mutton cutlets prime of meat, which though with art you salt and beat, as laws of cookery require, and toast them at the clearest fire. 
If from upon the hopeful chops The fat upon a cinder drops, To stinking smoke it turns the flame, Poisoning the flesh from whence it came, And up exhales a greasy stench, For which you curse the careless wench. So things which must not be express'd, When dropt into the reeking chest, Sent up an excremental smell, To taint the part from whence they fell. The petticoats and gown perfume, And waft a stink round every room. Thus finishing his grand survey, disgusted Strephon slunk away, repeating in his amorous fits, O oh, Celia, Celia, Celia shits! But vengeance goddess, never sleeping, soon punished Strephon for his peeping. His foul imagination links each dame he sees with all her stinks, and if unsavoury odours fly, conceives a lady standing by. All women his deception fits, and both ideas jump like wits. By vicious fancy coupled fast, and still appearing in contrast, I pity wretched Strephon blind to all the charms of womankind. Should I the queen of love refuse, because she rose from stinking ooze? To him that looks behind the scene, Statira's but some pocky queen, when Celia in her glory shoes, if Strephon would but stop his nose, who now so impiously blasphemes her ointments, daubs, and paints, and creams. Her washes, slops, and every clout with which he makes so foul a rout. He soon would learn to think like me, and bless his ravished sight to see. Such order from confusion sprung, such gaudy tulips raised from dung. End of section 77